So my grandma, who's been established like 50 years, is like, yo, why are you shaving your head? You still look like you have hair. And then she goes, your grandpa just got a haircut. And my grandpa's got like nearly a fucking cul-de-sac. Like basically. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah. So here's the thing. I love you guys, but all the men in our family are in denial, except for my one uncle who shaves his head also. And then, I, and then, like and then I went over to Sam's aunt's house, and she's like, "Hey, I really like the beard and like shaved head. Look, it looks really yes. good for you." And I'm like, "This is the support I need. This is yeah. the encouragement I deserve." Yeah, I mean, Andrew Tate did it right, man. You saw him in his photos after he got out of prison, bro. That's what he, I'm saying, dude. His hair looked horrible. So and that's where like my hair is statement. going, dude. That's where it would happen because that's the thing. Yeah. Back and sides, they grow great. They grow thick. The top, not so much. No one wants to be Kevin from the Office, bro. No one wants to. No one wants to have the. I like the cul-de-sac metaphor. That's great. See, I love the cul-de-sac like as a joke when like we used to like you remember the hockey kids used to like shave the other like new East kids every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like seeing someone get the cul-de-sac every year was like an absolute hood yeah. classic. I knew a kid who I went to school with who had it and then he gave it to a freshman when he was a senior. It's a beautiful yeah. cycle. But unfortunately, true. so is hair loss. Yeah, true. Uh, passed through the generations, much like this episode is sponsored by Hims. Hims, <laughs> get your fucking hair back. And welcome to another episode of the One to Ten Podcast. What's up, dude? Hey, how we doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm bald again, but no. I'm yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sick again. I don't know what's. I happening I was gonna to my say life. you sounded a little, a little stuffy, wuffy. Yeah. Well, you see, um, we have these things called children, and yours uh, go to places where I imagine other children are, and that that just means they're little germ factories. I know, but I made it the first year of my kids. Then again, he wasn't in daycare, so maybe I'm just, maybe it's just daycare syndrome that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like, but, I but, am the highest level of contaminant in my household right now. I'm yeah. the one with the most risk by having to go yeah. into an office and interact with other human beings. Yeah. Which, I mean, I worked all these years, even like COVID after like month three, I was back in the office and stuff. And like, I just, I normally don't get sick. You know, this yeah. is, it sounds like a big cope because I'm always like, I think this is episode three that I've talked about having like a horrible sickness <laughs> and I've been doing like yeah. 10 episodes or whatever, but it's been more than 10, I think now. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm losing count. I'm just, I'm in it, you know, I'm not in it to, to win it. Speaking of keep losing yeah. count, what episode number is it? I think it's 63. I think it's 64, actually. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Let me check. I have the file explorer. We have the power. We can rebuild. We do this every time. Oh, fuck. You know what's funny? What? I did a massive dump of files to a uh, uh, to the external drive. So they're no longer on my computer, and I can no We can't even see. check. I can't check easily. Uh, I can check. Audience members, let us know in the comments what episode you think it is. And no cheating by looking at the episode title. 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude uh well another week another episode dude uh what you got on the docket because we got we got some shit we could talk about right out the gate honestly this yeah i mean loaded. why don't you why don't you take the lead because i don't i don't have a whole bunch sitting on my brain other than all right like, we're gonna start I with something playing... amazing and then we're gonna go okay. something really fucking tragic right after yeah actually it's okay. gonna be two amazings and then one tragedy but the second one and third one are all kind of intertwined so the first one uh kitchen nightmares is returning to fox for a 10-year absence Blessed be God, Gordon. Uh, We're going to have Gordon back. That Gordon is the face of Kitchen Nightmares. It's yes, not some, confirmed. Confirmed. Some other British stand-in. Great. I mean, yeah, James Gordon. Now that he's no longer doing yeah. his terrible late show. Uh, no, uh, I'm super hype. Like that's my. I, I enjoy Master Chef. Master Chef Kids is fine. Uh, you know, anything else he's affiliated with, it's fine. But goddamn, Kitchen Nightmares is by far the best. And that's sorry for the for those who don't know, because I obviously know. Uh, I think Kitchen Nightmares is where he goes undercover 
no. to no undercover. He just gets hired by the place and they request him to come help them. And then it's usually like they're either like infested with bugs or super dirty. They got fucking food that they've ordered like in too much surplus. Basically businesses that are suffering and will be going under unless they do a complete rehaul of uh, their business model as well as like, you know, like I finding wonder, out what their problems are. I wonder if um, if there was anyone that did stats on Gordon Ramsay's like golden touch, like what his recidivism rate was for. Well, what I'll tell you that did under. not get stopped and definitely did go under was Amy's Baking Company. And that's out of Arizona. And holy shit, that episode is notorious for a reason. Uh, uh, Sammy and his uh, wife Amy, uh, who was a he was a former mobster, and they met in Las Vegas when she was a dancer. Uh, opened a kitchen, and they refused basically to take Gordon's advice, and they like kept trying to like play it off. Like there's a point in, like towards the end where he like is done helping them, and he's they're just trying to tell him what to say because it's a TV show. And they're trying to tell mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsay, he's like, this is not, it's not how this works. This is like stage. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm here to like give you. I'm giving like you sound thing, business and advice. Show and, out of it, yeah. And the, the issue yeah. was, he told him, it's like, it was them. They, they, they take completely no criticism well, effectively at all. Uh, when orders would go wrong, rather than getting back to the kitchen to the chef, who was Amy and her team, uh, they would get stopped by her husband, Sammy, who would then not want her feelings to get hurt. And then it would just be them screaming, fuck you at customers and telling them to leave their restaurant. Um, Based. Which is crazy. He got into a fight with Gordon, got in his face, and he told like Gordon, like, I'm the gangster. And this is where it actually went like crazy. They, for a little while, found a tiny bit of success because they like merchandised and made t-shirts of like the things Off that were said. That, like one thing. Yeah. And it worked really well for like six months. And then they just went yeah. under terribly after because the yeah. food was just so horrible. Um, yeah. and, and there's just nothing to do when people can't take criticism. Oh, yeah. They also didn't, they obviously didn't uh, tip their, or they didn't let their uh, waitresses get tips. They got a flat hourly rate. So if they collected tips, they went straight to the owner. Oh, but they paid them, no. but they paid them a full hourly rate. Which is they, good. Yeah. Because otherwise they'd be, like, I mean, they'd be illegal. Imagine like tip, paying them out like minimum wage. That's what he, that's like, what he was paying them, basically. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's brutal. Yeah, like ten an yeah, hour fuck, to fuck serve. Them. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, I can't wait for my favorite um, political streamer Hassan and XQC to start uh, binge watching the the Kitchen Nightmares every episode. Yeah, renew your Hulu subscriptions, everybody, so that way you can yeah. you know get the new episode the day after it comes out uh, each True. week. True. Uh, now, uh, something I would like to address immediately because I we we do game here on the podcast a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. You've been pretty hype on Tears of the Kingdom. So let's just touch with your OSHA violations. How are those going? Uh, so we actually had to cut that from the video because I wasn't going to finish it. Um, but they had a, there's two, two goddamn mini. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Uh, uh, I have my, seen some yeah. amazing things. I don't play the game, but I've seen these yeah. these great structures people have built uh, where they have like a giant penis. They light on fire. Just on a, cock and balls. Yeah. Just yeah. On a big or like uh, some guy, some guy fought a, an entire like troll boss just using said like dick and ball statue. He made, he yeah. would do the thing where he throws it and then he would like reverse time and spin it all around him and smack him in the face. He killed him with it. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite yeah. was the one I sent to you recently, which is where a guy made a functional Gundam. Yes. 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 It's fa- And I haven't unlocked this, the thing that allows you to like articulate parts yet. So Fuck I'm excited yeah. to see what that is. Um, I, I don't, they came out on Friday, right? It came out like <laughs> six days ago. Yeah. And it also ago. in 10, in three days, they sold 10 million copies. That was announced yeah. today. I saw. So, um, pretty so big. I spent, uh, the first five hours on my stream, which you can find that link in the description, by the way, uh, to my link tree. I did spend the first four hours in the first section of the game, um, combing through every nook and cranny 
And then um, I'll, this isn't a big spoiler. The first item that you get mm-hmm. is called the Ultra Hand, which allows you to pick stuff up and then attach it uh, to other things with a green glue-like nice. substance. Nice. And so uh, I took that as far as you could go. Um, where like you can chop down trees with an axe and it'll give you like a big log. So I ended up stacking twenty logs end on end to create like this giant like stick. It's not even a bridge; it's just a big stick. And then uh, like uh, when you when you like pick it up, you can also rotate it and like the camera yeah. really tries to like show you the whole thing. So okay. it's like showing me half of the world as this like giant <laughs> thing is rotating. And then like there's a big giant tower that I'm trying to get on. So for a couple hours, I was trying to lay it just so this giant toothpick so that I could walk <laughs> up it to a place that I wasn't supposed to be able to get to. Like I, I didn't even follow the storyline at all. And I am, then I woke up the next morning. I'm like, that's the most fun I've had playing a video game in my entire life. How, like, how do I make a bigger toothpick yeah. to get to bigger towers? Seriously. It's, it's that, it's that fun, dude. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And how many it's, OSHA it's infraction violations do you think just making that one toothpick? Occurred? I would yeah, say at so, least four. So uh, we've got um, regulation 32C subsection B-47 asterisk 35 redacted 2017 and then introduced uh, paragraph C. Uh, 360 no scope, yeah. Climbing a a structure without a uh, retaining harness. Um, And there's like six different ways that he did it. So just in that one action, there's probably like 30 violations for every 10-foot thing that he crossed. And more importantly, fuck OSHA. Yeah, true. Fuck him. (laughs) Let us die. Yeah, Let dude. us die. Uh, that game, uh, honestly, like I know I was not as hype on it, but I'm I'm reconsidering my disposition. I just well, might ever, fuck around and find out. Did you play Breath of the Wild? Nah, man, I did not. No? Uh, no. No. Well, it's and you weren't like a big massive, Zelda kid. That's exactly like why. Yeah, yeah. I, I never have been, and it's just a massive game, like a massive undertaking that I was like, nope. I don't know. Ocarina of Time is like, it's really not that hard. Like, like to to get into, you could probably really sit down on a weekend and blast it out in two days. I think it's the, what they had to offer with the N sixty four was what time, expansive. my brother in Christ. Yeah, true, we have children. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying that it's not a hundred and twenty hour undertaking. No, I, I hear what you're saying. To, but, to like get your feet wet, but but I feel like Breath of the Wild more has that encouragement of like actually like adventuring and doing more than just like beating whatever the fucking four temple beasts dudes are. Yeah. The the archetype of Zelda is like uh, you are you are locked in a track, but you have to figure out what the track is. It's not like Crash Bandicoot where you're just walking from A to B and like moving around. Why obstacles. is there no fairy guiding me? It's it's like it's like uh you have to you have to solve puzzles with what you're given. I got that you. was broken away with Breath of the Wild, and then we're actually going back to that with Tears of the Kingdom, where like you're you there's a lot of area to explore, but, but like still you can't really linear. progress. Yeah, you, you have to you have to kind of go and and which it's it's a breath of fresh air again because like Breath of the Wild is awesome, but I haven't explored like sixty percent of the storyline or the map. I didn't give a shit about it because there's no like thing that I'm attached to. It's just this like really cool world with a bunch of stuff. Whereas this right. one, it's like okay, I'm on a I'm on a pathway here and I'm like following a storyline. And I feel like there's like a healthy medium that that Tears of the Kingdom probably is doing over Breath of the Wild did. Like it's it's a much more vast, expansive space than you know your. Uh, uh, Link's Awakening or your uh, even Majora's Mask, you could argue. Yeah, Majora's Mask. Yeah, like th- those are those are and it was just hardware limited. Those yeah. those are really densely like intricate places. But like you're talking like a thirty second or forty second walk across any loaded section. Yeah. For the most part, whereas this is like you're walking for like five or ten minutes to get to your next checkpoint. Right. And there's like thirty things you can come across and get distracted. Right. Um. 
Yeah. I, I get it. Just do it. Yeah. The... Don't be... Give, give it an hour a day. My I, my wife is playing it now. Uh, she's oh shit! Typically not a gamer. That's so. that's when you know that the game is good. Was when the wife plays. My buddy's wife started playing Hogwarts Legacy when that came out. Like he was gonna play it. He got like two hours in, and then she started her own save, and she had ten hours before he could even play again. Oh and my god! I was god, just like, yeah. damn, bro. Now those yeah. are those are some Harry Potter fanatics. I will say that. True. Uh, to to say that, and also fuck J.K. Rowling. Uh, 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 yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a statement. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, true. Based no, dude. I actually, pocket. my active disposition on that whole thing is that, like, a hey, we've talked uh, about this before, have we? We we touched on this like episode two that I was here. I think. Okay. Maybe yeah. Three. Yeah. Giving money to her estate directly while she's still alive is whatever. But as soon as she fucking dies, I'm all about it again. Yeah. Yeah. True. Also, I'll, I'll buy, I don't know I'll how I feel about the HBO show, dude. They're they're doing the whole like redone. Like, who's even gonna play Harry Potter? You can't get Dana well, here's Radcliffe. The, here's the question: Did did the Lord of the Rings one already come out? Season two of Rings of Power, or season was Rings one? of Power one already out? Yeah, it's been out for like almost a fucking and year. And how like how did that even do? I, I don't. Even, I heard a bunch of hubbub because of a black elf, and then like well, we talked about, about it, it on the show prior to your time on here. But let me give you the rundown. One, Tolkien heads are fucking racists and kind of weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Their citing is like, oh, you have to follow the source material and Tolkien writing. And I'm it a doesn't huge... make sense logically Just, for them to have melanin. I'll be right back. Okay, so yes, the, I do understand Tolkien fans are weird. Also, I just wanted to know how the show actually was relative to like the source material. Once Fleeb is back, we will get that take on him. But I think it was super overblown. So this. Oh, he's pulling out a book. This is the Silmarillion, and this is the most recent edition that came out, which is the illustrated edition that I got after the show ran uh, for Christmas. As you can see, it's very pretty. It's nice. Has lots of lots of neat stuff, right? Like lots of cinderin. Lots of cinderin yeah. on the bottom of the pages and stuff, right? Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The issue is is that this is the source material, right? Like this is this book has the source material. And I'd say probably like a sixteenth of this book is like the era they're pulling from. Okay? So the problem is that Tolkien heads are notorious for arguing source material over adaptation. Uh, looking yep. at you, lack of Tom Bombadil in uh, the opening trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big problem for me personally. But I take a huge issue with the fact that these people don't understand that there were like things in place preventing them from adding certain characters by name. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't have Gandalf. You can't have like certain people at all because they are pieces of property that are owned by like Warner Brothers or other different parts of. Uh, I think, is it Warner Brothers? I don't know. I don't remember who owns I it. don't remember that. Fuck. I mean, this is 20, 23 years old now. So Jesus I, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Lord of the Rings. Return of the King was 2001. Which for That's the record, 40. the movies look still fucking phenomenal. You can go back and watch the extended cuts and on HBO and they're, they're so good still. Yeah, Except still. for the part where there's no Tom Bombadil. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> The, the problem I have with Tolkien fans, like, taking this major issue, like, I, okay, so, like, a great video I saw was after it ended, it was, like, uh, some guy's bonus content to Patreon that he had re-uploaded to YouTube because it was so successful. He's like, I gotta show this off. Yeah. And it was uh, him having a copy of the Silmarillion and then pointing out something from the show and then reading the section of the Silmarillion, which contradicted that and, like, okay. was, like proved it inaccurate. I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, yeah. But the show itself, I mean, if you enjoy Lord of the Rings... Mm-hmm. And you have fun with the world of Tolkien, like you're probably gonna enjoy the show. As long as you're not going in with the critical whip of like this has to be accurate to the Silmarillion. There are 
two things I'd like to note about the show. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. the most interesting characters in the show are the original characters who have never been cited in the Silmarillion. So I'm talking about the Black Elf, Aeronir. He's actually a very good character. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a character named... Oh, shit. What was his name? I don't even remember, dude. Uh, Adar. Adar. Adar was cool. He was a very cool character they introduced. He was like a pseudo-villain that you thought was going to be the big bad, and then kind of wasn't, but was still mm-hmm. very important, integral to a lot of things. But mm-hmm. then, then there was this... This this is a choice by the, the staff. Yeah. Uh, the writers, the the directors, etc., that really just irked me. Got, they did something. Your gears. They did something to basically explain how Mordor became Mordor. But rather than letting the imagery and the moment speak for itself, at the end of all this stuff, they cut and in the sky, there's just like it says the Southlands, and then it fades and switches to Mordor, as if we, the audience, are the dumbest motherfuckers who have ever lived and could not possibly conceptualize the place covered in soot and ash, the fucking volcano that just exploded, what is in Mordor. fact. Yeah. Mordor. So okay. I take some issue with that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was my one thing. It's like, hey, I understand that you're trying to make it like better for the layman who doesn't know anything about Lord of the Rings and just like the movies. And they're like, oh, I want to watch the show Amazon made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that there's a difference between like treating the layman with like some regard and then treating everyone like they're fucking stupid. And that's yeah, how I felt. I felt like it was just an insult at that point of like, yeah, we get it. It's fucking Mordor. Like we should. Where did you think we were going with this? You know? Yeah. And and so that's always the thing. It's like the dumbest person you know is probably smarter than half the population. So when you're already like niched into being knowledgeable about stuff, you're yep. like being, you're and not then being selective. For I don't even want to talk about the reveal of how like the rings were made at the end of season one, the first three rings and stuff. But basically yeah. there, there are parts of like Tolkien history within Silmarillion that are very well outlined. And there are parts mm-hmm. that are very gray. And there was one part they decided to do this whole thing. And they said this line of like, we have 300 years worth of work to do in three weeks. And it was like a nod to the fact that they are doing like some time fucky bullshit known yeah. on text where we knew like X point in time, this thing happened and X point in time, this thing happened. And yeah. they decided to make it this like thing for storytelling and narrative purposes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was too lazy. I just think it was not the best. Uh, okay. But a little side note on that. Uh, so with the writer's strike going on, uh, two shows that we have talked about in the show before, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, season two, and, and Rings uh, of Power, the, season Rings two, power. are yeah. both still moving forward with production without their writers on staff because the scripts were already done. Yeah, Jesus. That's yeah. rough, dude. Now, unfortunately, I think that this could actually be a detriment to House of the Dragon, but I think this might be an improvement to... <laughs> rings of power because we might actually see better things happen without having the atrocious writing of certain moments that happened uh within season one that occurring again because honestly there there's some questionable things it looks it's a good romp it's fun time in middle earth if you like middle earth yeah however there's some continuity issues and when you start being even even the guy who just starts dipping his toe into the youtube videos of being like what is the lore of tolkien and all this stuff Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to point some out pretty fast yeah, for sure. Well, the reason I'm asking is because I don't like J.K. Rowling wrote the. I remember she had a post thing. Then there was the play, mm-hmm. Cursed Child. Uh, Cursed Child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the um what the show is going to be like. What universe? The show is supposed in. to be the movies retold in a more book accurate way, from what I've heard. You're gonna not have Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson as like Harry and Hermione. 
Get the I'm, fuck out I'm of here. I mean, they're dude. adults now, obviously. But like, I yeah, know, but how? like... Okay, to be fair, like, there's arguments to be made that you could have a black girl play Hermione because of the description that she's given. Oh my god. Yeah, you no, could also like, have no, Dumbledore like, sucking a cock through the fucking He's the gay canonically. What are you talking Yes, he could. The Mirror of Error said he could be it just be him sucking I'm, dicks. I am so over the post hoc like fixing of things to fit with. I'm not really saying that. I'm saying if you on paper go back to the original manuscript of Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, and you read it again. Hermione's skin color is not described. It's just like her hair and other features. They could fit a black girl. There's nothing wrong with it's that. We possible. also have it's we also have other black and Indian characters in the movie. I don't even know if I don't even know if I'm not taking issue with Hermione's character in, yeah. in general. I was actually just being more member berries. Like, how how are we going to recreate this with? I'm with really more concerned on the Daniel Radcliffe thing because when you go back and watch like the 20th anniversary special they did last year on HBO, like watching those moments of like his audition and these little things, it's like, yeah, that's fucking Harry, dude. Like that, that just is, is literally. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I can see Daniel Radcliffe in other roles since then. And I still have a problem trying to be able to see him as anything other than Harry. It's actually, it's really interesting now that you say that, that they're going to retell the, the books because all of these things are going to do much better as series is. They're going to mm-hmm. be a lot more authentic to the have you read the, the books? source material, uh, dude. I have first editions of every first edition hardbacks of every book. I do not have first uh, edition hardbacks of every book. I have first edition hardbacks of the last four. Uh, yeah. I do. Not, I have paperbacks of the first three. Actually, right. no. I have. Uh, sorry, was, sorry, no. I have paperback for the first two. I have a, a second or third whatever printing of Azkaban because I just wasn't into it at that point as a kid. And then when the movie, first movie came out, I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And then Goblet yeah. of Fire came out, and it was just. Dude, I remember midnight book Harry Potter releases. Those are crazy. Well, like those I was were just fucking a, nuts. I was at a Tears of the Kingdom midnight release, and it took me back to uh, Deathly Hollows midnight release, which I didn't oh go to any of the other God. ones because I was too young. But dude, the Deathly um, Hollows midnight release was crazy, and I read that book in two and a half days after I got yeah, it. I just powered. Yeah. I was fifteen years old. It was summer break still. I had no time till school started. I was like, yeah, let's just, just fucking go. Yeah. And that's actually what I was going to cite is like that book has like the movies. I know they did two movies for that. And like, also, I want to say this. Fuck you, Harry Potter, for creating the trend of two part movies. Looking yeah, at you, Twilight. Looking at fucking. fucking yeah. No, not even the big book, dude. They fucking put Twilight did Breaking not need. Dawn, right? Yeah. Breaking Dawn did not fucking need two movies and they still made it two movies. What was there was a whole there was a whole two years where that was happening or like yeah. five years where that was happening. So it was bro it was five. Twilight, it happened Harry in 2018, Potter. 2019. Avengers. Yeah. Avengers did that. Avengers was split into three. And then well, it was no Avengers yeah. has four movies and a little bit. Infinity War. Uh, Infinity War was split into two. That's yeah, right. Infinity right. War Endgame essentially. Yeah, that's still been a problem for fucking years now, and it's goddamn oh, annoying. Man. I'd say Harry Potter was mostly justified in it with like the pacing of the story they were trying to tell, but there are still things that they missed from the fucking book in those movies. Well, yeah. So, like, this is unpopular. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna quickly just say what the your favorite Harry Potter movie is? My I don't know if we can movie? do top three. Yeah, because because I don't know if we can draft it. So so I'll go with mine. Well, mine we is have Goblet of Goblet of Fire. That's probably my and favorite so. one too. And I don't even know if it's like okay, super accurate, but I feel like it was the most authentic the with the stuff it pulled. Yes, that's I was gonna say it basically does all the story beats well and it does them pretty accurately yeah my i really like the imagery and the tone of the movie half-blood prince but that is also the book that they missed the most shit on in my yeah i I didn't i I actually never saw after order of the phoenix i never saw half-blood prince i never saw deathly hallows one and two i didn't watch them you still have was that mad no no 
I'm I'm like a book nerd, so that's okay. all on paper to me. But I refused after I walked out of Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. I was so fucking pissed. About oh, Order of the Phoenix was bad. Yeah, actually, actually okay, so I should take bad. that back. There are things in Half Blood Prince that they missed for sure, but it's not as malignant as Order of the Phoenix is because that's like the I, it's the densest book and it has the most story it's, to it's tell. Hard to. I, I understand it wasn't actually it, did it break mm, a thousand pages? Does oh for sure, I yeah. could I could confirm that right now if you want me to get my copy. Um, yeah, but I I think. I wouldn't say Order of the Phoenix has the most story to tell. It is the densest book, obviously, but it doesn't yeah, have the most the, to tell. I think the most there. to tell is probably Deathly Hollows because there's just Which, so much yeah. shit that happens. If there was a if there was a two two movie, sure, that's fine. But that is kind of lame. I want I wanted to pull this into other other like things that could be really cool as series is like mini series. Okay. So like Christopher Nolan's mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Are so dense, and they would be so fucking awesome as like a, a three part miniseries or something, like a like a three hour or four hour thing. That would be so much better. I think, I would than, watch Tenet broken down again as a series rather than a as movie. a series, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tenet rules. Even, like maybe not Inception. I don't know if Inception was nah, necessary. Inception's but, fine. And like, uh, is there a Batman like with um with Christian Bale that we could see like a Batman? expanded upon i don't i think those are close enough i like, think those are good honestly i well I, I still think that the dark knight's probably one of the best if not the best superhero movie of all time and i'm a marvel yeah. boy it's it's i love i love dark knight it's great um yeah it's a great movie you had to sell i saw I that mean, movie at a moon night release also to, bro to scarecrow you know what fuck it let's just yeah. roll this one top three draft of your midnight releases you've been to okay yeah sure you can go first um so let me think so i had I've had five. Okay. I gotta count mine actually. I got like six. Yeah. Hmm. This is a tough okay, one. So this this is this is typical, but I'm gonna say Tears of the Kingdom is number one. Okay. Um only because I mean I saw the videos, I, dude. They were hype as shit. I got I got the plaque. I got the plaque. There oh, were only fifteen. There were that's only fifteen so cool. game stuff. Yeah. So this is the um, I like that. I don't. I don't necessarily know if I want to spoil, but this is like the the save point symbol, the thing that's there ah, at all the same places. So. That's neat. And then it, it's it's got a little thing that's like, adventure is yours, uh, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, only on Switch. Blah blah blah. But all that's right. like forty dollars uh, right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with one that's gonna I'm just gonna take, read a little bit of a story. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say the Nintendo Wii. That was uh, quite a midnight release for me and my brother. Uh, we went to several different locations trying to get one, and there were already massive lines, already sold out, or whatever way they were doing it. Then yeah. we ended up in a uh, West County mall. We went to the GameStop at like four in the morning to wait in the line, and we found a way in through Sears because Sears didn't have any. That's where we were checking first. Uh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Sears, and. Yep. We went inside to the GameStop, and there was, like, people already in line. We're like, oh, cool. We'll just get in line with them. Well, then we found out as the mall opened up in the morning that there was another group of people who were outside in the cold, as I would call them, idiots, who didn't realize that there are other entrances to the mall that were, in fact, unlocked. And they did not realize it. So they got all – they came inside. They see this line of people, including us. I'm, like, 14. My brother's, like, 17. And – they don't like they get super fucking buttered that they didn't like we've been outside in line and we already this person was first this one's this we're keeping our line order yeah. all this shit yeah. so the GameStop employees had to create a lottery system using lots of paper out of a hat to allow us to fairly secure Wii's and these couple of ladies were making a real big stink about how there were people in line and they were getting really malicious towards me and my brother in particular even though there was other fucking adults there 
and they were yeah, telling right. us but like it's wrong to just they were trying to give us the morality talk of like why it's wrong for us to do this and how their kid won't get one and then yeah. uh they said something someone's like like blah blah blah. It's like you're gonna go to hell for cheating and all this stuff and i was just <laughs> like wow i go very christ-like of you this is what i yeah, said true because uh, i was true. starting to go through my first rebellious phase of religion and uh long story short we go through this line. It's like 15 wees total at the store. It's like a line of like a hundred people. And they're like, Hey, if you pull a number and it's a blank one or whatever, just get back in line, pull again. So we do that. Only like five or six of them get pulled by that point in time. And, uh, we get, I go through the line again. And my brother and I agreed like, Hey, if we end up pulling one, just act like really sad when you first get the number and then yeah. like walk up and get real fucking happy in front of these ladies. I pulled number 14 and I did oh just that. God. I pulled up my first Jesus. acting routine. And I was just like, oh. And then I showed her it and I just put the biggest shit eating grin. Just, you're going to hell. And I was like, eat my balls, lady. And I just walked to my, my dad. My we called my dad and we were like, dad, these ladies are harassing us. So he yeah. shows up in the time where we're doing the lottery point to like be with us to make sure we're fine and safe because it was getting so fucking ridiculously unruly with these ladies trying to verbally harass us for why we're bad people for winning a lottery over them. That's uh, and it's such a we crazy got our Wii though, <laughs> yeah, and and so I this was like this was an issue for PS fives too, but for a different reason because of scalping. Yeah, um, like supply was just never met with demand for whatever reason, um, yep. and I don't even think there was ever like was there midnight releases for the PlayStation five? How long has the PlayStation five been out? And there are still people that. I mean, at this point, it's. Pretty I think much it's yeah. I think it's been alleviated for the most part because now I see people selling them on marketplace for five hundred even all the time, which is which like is like retail. What you pay, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fine. But um, so, that'd be my number. Yeah, one. so my, my number two. This is lame. It's it's a movie. Okay, that's not lame. Um, no, I'm having a hard time picking. <sighs> High School Musical three. Wow. Based. Midnight release, High School Musical. We have talked was, about how hype that is. Is actually so fucking cool. Now it wasn't like everyone was singing in the theaters or whatever, but it was this <laughs> cult thing that we got attached to. Yeah. Like as a family, and my whole family went with me. And I mean, this is like the situation where they weren't doing it at midnight; they were doing like a six p.m. Thursday night, and it was supposed yeah. to release Friday or whatever. Yeah. So like we got to go and. But back then, I can't the, remember. the six p.m. Thursday night was like a new thing still around that time. I think so, yeah, because yeah, I think just, it did used to be dude, they started them. That like that was what killed the midnight release for movies too, is when they just started doing it openly on Thursday nights, like for like seven showings. It's like, well, yeah. this is, I mean, it's still yeah, a like, midnight like show. Black Friday, but, like Black Friday, instead of starting at two a.m. on Friday morning, it was uh, six p.m. on fucking Thursday 6 night. On Thanksgiving, dude. Night, yeah. yeah, I've quit a job over that before. I'm not going to get into that one. Oh, actually, no, it will. It was Sears. I quit Sears when I told you them. Quit Sears. I told them that I my family's thing was at five o'clock. The only shift I did not want to work was the first shift of the Black Friday sale. I, told I would them, work there was, there was Exactly. There was rules on how many hours you had to work, how many shifts, etc. Yeah. You had to work like 12 hours, basically, over two six-hour shifts. Um, mm -hmm. And it was totally fine. I would have done the one right after, at like 9 p.m. or whatever. Uh, and then they scheduled me at fucking 4 o'clock. And I was like, fuck you guys. So I just quit. And then I went Black Friday shopping with my friend. And it was sick. <laughs> Based. True. <laughs> I, yeah. never went, I never went Black Friday shopping before, and I never went Black Friday shopping after. That was the only year I went. I've uh yeah we we would go like five a.m. is what we would do yeah um but then I ended up working at Target for a summer or for a seasonal thing yeah I love you I'll see you in the morning buddy or good night tomorrow. buddy after school um after school um 
I, it wasn't it wasn't that amazing of an experience. I was at <laughs> I was at Target at eight o'clock. I worked till uh, eight a.m. the next morning. Yep. I worked my shift at uh, my other job, which was Culver's. Then I went back when I got off at Culver's at five o'clock, and I worked till eleven that night. So Jeez. that was re- that was a really nice paycheck. I think yeah, that was like money. A, Two twenty five hundred dollar paycheck uh, or whatever, but that was, yeah. that was awful because you got holiday pay and overnight, and then I was in overtime uh, yep. somehow for that stuff too. But nice. um, okay, so that was my number two. My number Spice two would be the Dark Knight Midnight release. Dark I ordered Knight. I ordered the special Batman like the bat signal shaped pizza uh, uh, from Papa John's at the time. And I had it delivered to the movie theater, which was like an unheard of thing in two thousand seven. And this guy was like in line was like. Oh, what the fuck, dude? And he got all like mad about it. And I was like, Are you hungry, man? He's like, Yeah. So I just gave him a slice and he was all cool after about it. Then. <laughs> Great movie, full theater. People were cosplaying in fucking Batman regalia back in the like 2007, dude. Like it was dirty yeah. to, to cosplay then. It was wasn't not there cool. a fucking, wasn't there a shooting that happened at that premiere? In, um... No, 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 no. That was the next one, I think. I think that was Dark Knight Rises. Was it Dark Knight Rises? We're going to find out. It's either Dark Knight uh, shooting. I feel like it was Dark Knight. Oh, it was 2008. Hmm. Aurora, hmm. Colorado movie theater. Was that was it Dark Knight or was it? Was it Dark uh, Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Rises? Ah, see, yeah. I told you. You were right. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why Bane is the true bad guy and not the Joker. Yeah, he brought he brought the Columbine wannabe out. We're talking yes, about school sir. shooters a lot. I think we should we should maybe. We should go to a school. Of what? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, actually. To teach hey, kids about gun safety. Gun safety, dude. Wait, okay. Before I get to my third, you've seen uh, uh, America is Great from Sasha Baron Cohen or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm botching the name. Yeah, I know what you're talking. I'm botching about. the name, but there was the there was the guns for guns for kids program. <laughs> I did not see that. What the fuck? This was episode one. He he got a bunch of um. Republicans to sponsor a bill that was basically going to teach gun safety by getting preschoolers and kindergartners to like be able to handle weapons. Oh so they were my like god, dude! No. Dressing them up as like Pinky the pistol, and it was like a pink elephant with a fucking. Oh my! And god. you got to point and shoot at the bad guy, okay, buddy? Oh my god, dude! No. <laughs> it's go watch go watch that show. That that show is so good. Watch it again. If you uh, feel as comfortable as I do in the comments, let us know. <laughs> Jesus. That's great. Um, uh, all right, so what's your number yeah, three, so, my guy? This is going to be lame as fuck. But the the midnight release of Shining Fates, which is this Pokemon, Pokemon set. Um, because that was the first time in my Pokemon career, career, whatever that was, where like I, I, I was informed enough to know that something was coming out. I had a game plan and I was able to execute on it to nice. get as much product as I could for my store because my distributor wasn't giving me product. They were instead giving it to LGSs that were charging $150 for the ETB that they paid $25 for. Nice. So the small guy won that day because I had a blowout stream that night. I think it was like two or three thousand dollars nice. uh, sold um, for this new set that everyone was freaking out over, and it was. It was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with some cool people, and we all like uh, collabed with our. Yeah. We, we didn't like overtake. No one like took all the shit for themselves. It was fair as well. So nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Hmm. Thinking over all the other midnight releases I've been to, are we counting Thursday releases for movies as well or no? 
Yeah, I, well, I did High School Musical, so like the the first guess, showing yeah. of something, like the like the premiere of something yeah. or the first available. Uh, Thursday Night of Infinity War, watching th- wa- going into seeing that one and watching Thanos fucking absolutely wipe the floor with the Hulk and Thor in the first like five minutes. Like, yeah, dude, uh, that shit fucking busted. Also, those movies are actually just like really solid. I know Marvel yeah, movies I, get I a lot of hate, but if really you great. if you watch just if you if you I mean you don't have to have all the context for Marvel characters, but if you do just sit down and just watch Infinity War Endgame, it's complete story told within one thing. You don't really what? need to know who the fuck they are. Why do we um why do we not have consequences anymore though? Like why do they have to undo everything? Why couldn't we just deal with the the bad guy winning? Bro, Can he you wiped ex- out half of the universe. Great. He sounds like an evil motherfucker. How how impactful would it be if that was just the end of the movie? It was just like I mean, when that was the end of the it. movie, it was very impactful. It I know, was, but it then was... but then Endgame undid it all. You know, <laughs> like I mean, time heist. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, okay. So like, here's the thing. It didn't undo it all, though. There are people who didn't come back. There were I know there were some consequences. Yeah. I Loki Loki still died. Vision still died and didn't come back. Um and then like Tony sacrificing his gone. life yeah yeah and that was huge that was an amazing moment yeah um, all right but why do they Fair undo enough. it all I mean okay here's my argument for the current like actual like what's going on in Marvel thing they're this. doing of course it's this it's the largest film franchise of all time and that was the pinnacle baby and that, yeah. it, you know, one can only hope to recreate the success of said pinnacle but the mouse does not rest the mouse True. is relentless. And Ron DeSantis is fighting the mouse. Uh, yeah, but honestly, him. honestly, oh yeah, there we go. This is what I'm talking about. We're waiting for two episodes Wait, for we're this just getting shit. This ready. Okay, good. We'll we're end the episode ready. on that. We got another like 20 minutes on the clock, so like you know, 15 or so, we'll crack that open, we'll pop that cherry. But uh, first unboxing. I think basically what they were. I, Okay, so the whole thing we talked about last week with James Gunn creating the bullshit story around the Infinity Stones was the cause of the movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what really they were doing is trying to create proper continuity by giving story threads. By removing Vision, you allow Wanda to go fucking nuts and make WandaVision happen, which allows for multiverse of madness. And there's also the argument of the whole sacred timeline thing and like how that's supposed to work and that this all happened to happen this way so that Kang can occur, so that he can be the big bad after Thanos. Like, he mm-hmm. pulled all these strings Thanos has to lose in this way, and it must require these people to die in this way, etc. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, again, it's continuity. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan, so I am the armchair uh, critic Speaking of the writers. Of Loki but, Season 2 premieres on October 6, 2023 on Disney+. What is, and So, okay, I answer the question about Harry Potter, where the source material is just, they're recreating the books. Yeah. We've talked about source material for... Comics. Some Marvel stuff. Yeah. Comics. But then, like, wasn't there just a... I feel like there was a Loki movie with uh, fucking Edward Norton and... Um, Edward Norton. Something about, like, the parallel universes or whatever. It came around the same time as Morpheus. Am I crazy? You mean more... more, more, more Morbius? Morbius? Morbidden time? Morbius more, time? Morbius too, more I, th- this is showing how much I don't know. This is showing okay. how much... So, so it was not a movie. It was a show. And it was season it was one. A show. Okay, so have you seen Endgame? No. Okay, so in Endgame, the way they undo everything is a time heist. Okay? They, they go back in time to different points in time where they know Infinity Stones are located because the Infinity Stones were destroyed by Thanos at the very beginning of Endgame. 
where he uses the gauntlet again and he destroys the gauntlet and destroys the stones. So that way they can't okay. be used. Okay. So okay. what they do after Ant-Man returns from the quantum realm, after the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is the second Ant-Man. Okay. Cause at the very end of the movie, he gets stuck when they're trying to like go into the quantum realm, and figure out like, Oh, this cool shit. Right. He gets stuck. The snap happens. Okay, which is where the Wasp and then her two parents, uh, uh, Hank Pym and, and uh, Janet Van Dyne, uh, get snapped out of existence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes back after five years, just kind of just ASX Machina out of like nowhere. I don't know if it's a MacGuffin or a, a Machina at this point, but either way, he gets MacGuffined out of fucking this, this fucking portal. He, she's back, he's like, whoa, what happened? Five years have passed. And then he goes to the people who have survived and are just like, oh, time travel is possible. And it's this whole thing. And then Tony solves time travel. And he's like, guys, we got to go steal the stones. Okay. So when they go to steal the space stone. Okay. That's right. Yeah. The Tesseract. Okay. That was what was introduced inside of Captain America 1. It's also like the main focal point of uh, Avengers 1. Okay. Where Loki is the villain. They go back to that point in the New York battle to get the stone. What ends up happening. And there's like a little bit of a oopsie daisy during the time heist. Is that there that copy of Loki in that time point, like someone drops the briefcase that they have now stolen the, the Tesseract with, and Loki gets a hold of the Tesseract. So he's just like, Yahaha. And that was not supposed to happen. That is a new offshoot okay. timeline. So they make a whole new part of the plan. They end up going to a different period of time. They get the different Tesseracts to be able to it's it's fifty years before. But there's still the there's still the timeline with Loki. Which is where we tesseract. pick up with Loki. And so season one of Loki starts with that moment where he gets Tesseract and then he uses the space zone. He travels somewhere else. And then immediately after getting this desert like area, he's surrounded by these people who are agents of the TVA, the time variance authority. And they, what they do is they prune timelines. So basically anytime there's they, a sequence, they cut them off anytime that, there's stuff that gets, yes. Anything that goes yeah, wrong. That's yeah. not supposed to be part of this. Okay. Yeah. It's being controlled by this, uh, this, like time police essentially okay and they're ruled over by these guys called the time lords like these three big omniscient dudes who are just like this cannot be all this bullshit right and they have to remove anyone or anything that they see as a problem uh which then you run into that there's someone else who's like running like crimes and like doing these things around time and they have are fucking with the tva and you think surely it's like my my thought was kang because there was like little things there and i knew kang when we were maybe building up to him there's a possibility it was never confirmed Mm -hmm. at that point Mm-hmm. Um, we, no one knew Jonathan Majors had been cast uh, as a character or would be cast in the future as Kang, etc. So you're going through all this stuff and you slowly unveil that it's a female variant of Loki, Sylvie, who has been on the run from the TVA because she was captured as a little girl and was going to be pruned, killed, erased from all of existence just for existing because she's not the one who's supposed to exist because the Loki who's supposed to exist is the one who dies by the hand of Thanos. I'm sorry. Are they are they really pulling from Wreck It Ralph right now? Are they really taking the plot points? Some might say Wreck It Ralph pulled from it. Princess Vandersvilts. Well, I don't know when Loki whoa, came out. Whoa, 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 What? You're not wrong. It's a link. Yeah, you're you're correct. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, okay. But All don't right, talk about my girl like that. Okay. Penelope von Sweets. Von Sweets. I'm sorry. That's my I, sweet little baby. I just I just can't remember. Anyways. So anyway. So Penelope Von Sweets and Loki are hanging out. No, I'm kidding. So so basically, it comes to the reality that like, hey, they the, the time variance authority are trying to hunt them down and trying to get them to not be such a fucking menace. And in fact, Loki then turns it into, well, I'm a prisoner, but who better to help you catch a Loki than a Loki? 
And so that's like his little story of like trying to team up with her, but then he ends up like falling in love with her and she falls in love with him. But it's like, this is weird because we're the same person kind of bullshit each other. But then it goes Mm. to this point at the end where it's all kind of explained. They go to the end of time. There's this big thing called Eliath. He's a giant smoke cloud that can erase everything that like, it's like where the junk goes in time. So if there's things that are offshoots, they're not supposed to happen. They go there. Eliath eats them. They're erased from existence. That's where the people who are being pruned go. Well, they find a way to actually get around Eliath and go to the real end of time where like this citadel is. Okay. It's floating through space and around it is this giant ring. Okay. It's like this giant ring of light. Okay. And this is the ring of time. Like it's, it's time. It is the continuity of time as it's supposed to be. And inside there is this guy named he who remains. He who remains is this dude who is a variant of King the Conqueror who has seen the multiversal war. He has won. He is the last sole survivor. He's like, I'm the nice one. I am not the bad guy. I am the one who is the kindest. You don't want to see the other guys. And they're just like, you don't get to decide free will. And then Sylvie fucking stabs this dude to death. And then all of a sudden, that little ring of light, that big ring of light all around this, it turns into these massive offshoot webs because now all these variants are unleashed. So now multiverse can now exist. So basically, the continuity is is that there was a single universe, right? A ring, okay? Continuous loop where all things will go and happen, right? And that was why Thanos had to win the way he had to happen. They had to do their time heist, etc., so that Kang could even happen in the first place. But he who remains, eventually, like down the line, he would know all things, and he would say, like, "Hey, I have to stop this shit from happening." A multiversal war, because there's this thing called incursions. Now, this is where we actually can talk about something very cool from the comics. Secret Wars. You know, all of this is just lame and stuff. But no, I honestly like the comics are so much cooler for Marvel than all the movies are. Secret Wars two. So Secret Wars one was where, like, back in the eighties, there's this guy called the Beyonder. He was like this this dude, and he was like, "Hey, every superhero, we're gonna take all your worlds and mash them up together, make this place called Battle World, and you're all gonna fuck with each other. And there's gonna be fights with all these other villains, like Doctor Doom's there, Galactus is there, the Avengers are there." X-Men are there. Spider-Man's there. Spider-Man's working as like an agent between the two. People are fucking fighting all the time. No one can seem to get along. This is where Spider-Man gets his black suit for the first time ever. Venom. Okay. Uh, It wasn't explained as Venom. It was just like some machine he was at and then it sprayed black shit on his clothes. And he's like, oh, this is my suit now. Not explained as a symbiote for like five or eight more years. Just saying. Okay. Okay. So this all happens right a long time ago. That's the boring Secret Wars. The current, the new Secret Wars, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars, 2015, 2016 Secret Wars. So much more cool and based. Okay. So what starts happening is that there's, there's the multiverse, right? We know the multiverse exists in, in Marvel comics. Earth 616 is the main Earth. That's the one where you'd be familiar with all your heroes. And there's like 617 where it's like, well, Spider-Man's actually a girl or like 618 where it's like some other. Uh, that's not technically what 617 is, but you get the idea. There's tons. Of yeah, them. there's like what a, starts it's happening slightly different yeah. is that these multiverses start colli- like above Earth. You like basically look in the sky and you look up and there would just be another Earth above you. All of a sudden, he'd be like, what the fuck? And these Earths would start to begin to collide. It is the the two universes colliding into each other where they have to move through each other and only one will survive. And basically what's happening is that it's like entropy, essentially. The multiverse is colliding in on itself and there's some crazy fucking shit going on as to why. Uh, there's this really cool character who's never been introduced in the MCU called the Molecule Man, who is based. His name's Owen Reese. He's fucking sick. He is functionally one of the strongest characters that you've never heard of. But he has the ability to manipulate reality and matter. And it it's a whole convoluted plot 
that goes on for quite some time where people, but basically what ends up happening is there's this group formed, like, you know, you've heard of the Avengers. They mentioned it in Multiverse of Madness. There's a group called the Illuminati. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. like, and the Illuminati consists of like Namor, the Black Panther, um, Professor X, uh, mm-hmm. basically the uh, Reed Richards, the greatest minds of the world. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they are all together making these secret decisions. This is a secret society there within. And they're making these decisions like, how the fuck are we going to save our universe? Like, how do we stop this incursion from happening? And they find a way to do it, which is essentially blowing up the other universe. So they're committing mass genocide to save their own. To save their own. Yes. Wow. But then they realize they cannot, in fact, stop it. And there is no way to stop it from happening. It's inevitable, essentially, Uh, which results in like every universe and all of reality collapsing in on itself. And then Dr. Doom somehow ascending to godhood, creating this place called Battleworld where he is God. And he's God King Doom, and he's super fucking powerful, but he's actually doing some bullshit beyond all reason and time and space. And it, it all just coalesces this big, huge fucking battle at the end, and it's really fucking cool. And I cannot praise it enough how well like written it is, too, actually. Uh, it's, okay. it's incredibly well done. Uh, so you think Secret Wars 2 is going to play a hand in... Modern like, Secret Wars. Two? Secret Wars 2 is a different event. It's also It follows... Sorry. The the original Beyond from the eighties and modern 90s. secret modern secret wars yes is, is has a hand in Loki's I uh, absolutely think that's where they are headed with this plot uh because they we know the Fantastic Four is coming in down the line we know the X Men have been noted to and reintroduced in a way uh because in the most recent Black Panther movie Namor cites himself as a mutant which means mutants now exist within our Wait, continuity and is Deadpool in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because no, he's in but he will X-Men. be joining them. He, X Men's not part of it technically as of right now, but, but they're getting threaded in, and then he. Well, we might. Maybe... We might. Here's the thing: we see Deadpool three coming out. We also know that Hugh Jackman's reprising his role as Wolverine within that movie. Sick, based, fucking red pill as fuck. Uh, I mean, I I like Hugh Jackman as, as Logan. I think he's he's really hot. Yeah, I agree. no. I think his performance <laughs> of the character is just really good. No, I know. I'm, yeah, he's he's a great Wolverine. I agree. Um, but. And plus, like the the like the Logan movie was really good too. Like, there's other movies he's done just rather than being in the X Men like as Wolverine that were pretty good in my opinion. The, the mm-hmm. one where he goes to Japan and it's all samurai and shit, not very good. The old Western one, Old Man Logan, whoo, great performance. Okay. okay. Now there is a chance we could see because of like multiversal things coming in. Plus, we did see in Multiverse of Madness, Patrick Stewart reprise his role as Charles Xavier. So we've mm-hmm. seen him play one. There's a chance that we could see like James McAvoy's uh, uh, Professor X from the current run of X-Men movies that most recently did. Um, but I personally, I don't know if they should recast because like, here's my thing. I can never see anyone other than, uh, and I know they've cast him twice, uh, Cyclops. What's his name? Uh, James, what's his dick? The dude who was in the, the, big, the jury duty show. That guy. The big, the big boy. Hang on. Cyclops. James Marsden. Yeah, James Marsden. That's the one. So James Marsden plays the original Cyclops in those the, in the early 2000s movies, and then they've recasted as some fucking kid. The guy who was in Ready Player One is the current Cyclops. I want James mm. Marsden Cyclops, personally. Yeah. So I think they could introduce some people who've already played roles in the past and actors in the past and all that shit, but I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know exactly where it's going to be headed. They they have named the next Avengers movie, the Kang Dynasty. The one after that, they've named Secret Wars. Where's like the ground floor, like 
uh, information coming out? Is it like a Kotaku article? <laughs> like, is there an announcement? Does Does Marvel hold a uh, a conference where they talk about the direction of the MCU? Or yeah, D twenty three. D twenty three. Yeah, that's like it's the Disney's own like conference they do every year towards the end of the year. So that's what that'll probably be when Larkana makes its debut. That's in like October, right? Or September. um, you could possibly see things for Comic Con this year, even though too, because they often Hall H at Comic Con is a pretty big deal because it's the Marvel Hall. So Larkana could come out. They also recently announced a, a Star Wars card game that they're doing too. It's gonna be similar to Larkana, like a little higher barrier of entry. I just know Larkana is gonna be a crazy, crazy thing for me to break on whatnot. Uh, really? do, do you know about so I, I have quick, no, quick as a card game player I have no hype for that game D, D22 um, they had a they had a special uh, ticketed event to get a sneak peek get sample cards for Lorcana and stuff mm-hmm. um, so within the first week there was five cards that came out a Mickey Mouse and then four other holographics and then a pin mm-hmm. um, those went from selling for $600 on eBay this was like the grandmas and grandpas that went to D twenty two to selling for uh, twenty five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars within a couple months, um, and then like but you think you think a full like a set release will drum up the same level of hype as a promo? Um, it'll be it'll be marginal. So so okay. if if we saw if we saw five thousand X on the first one, we might see five hundred X. Because I was gonna on, say, dude, in my experience of Yu Gi Oh, like. The, the the sneak they do sneak peek events for every single pack right yeah and so, so the you samples go and you always get, like, are the most right and they yeah. always are worth the most they always have this super high value looking yeah. at you zodiac dryden that card was fucking 150 dollars when it first was on yeah. sneak peek and then people were buying it for about 80 on actual release yeah, so yeah. i think i think there's some argument to be made there absolutely but i don't know if it'll be that hype i just no i'm not saying it's going to be a thousand dollars a booster box or something but no. i just know that i just know that with this being like a, a heavy driver, there's there's as a as a card breaker, I can mm-hmm. give a little expertise because um, I did this for a couple of years. There's a couple of factors that come into play. So how many people have what you're trying to break? How many people want what you're trying to break? And then um, how easy is it for other people to um, get access to it if they don't have it right now? Mm. So okay. so the those three factors play in a lot. Um, MetaZoo is a g- card game that came out two years ago. That game um, sucks dick. I happened to be one of... The, I, I was the first person on Whatnot to get Nightfall. So right. I spent um, $75 on a booster box, and I ended up making $1,100 from that one booster box Fuck because yeah, I was selling packs for $40 a pack because nobody else had it in their hands yet. That was strictly like I was the only supply there, and there was like 60 people all trying to get it first for whatever reason because people go crazy for first relief stuff so i think that this is going to be something that is probably in high demand and the only thing that's going to determine how well it does on the market and the area that i sell is how much they actually print it i I don't know because disney can they have the money to just fucking print you know a million a million booster boxes or booster displays or whatever metazoo was a trading card game that started on kickstarter i won't give you the whole details but the you second said you, set you said that you you did five you bought a, was bought a box 500 and sold it for 1100 by selling packs for 40 is that right i bought a box for 75 dollars. i got oh, two from okay. my distributor for 75 dollars. Okay. and then my my and my take all that evening was 2200 dollars for both booster boxes oh because fuck. people were paying 40 dollars a pack so they were they were basically nuts. paying for a booster box each time around, and that was because I was the only person on the platform where MetaZoo was sought after that had Nightfall. I like went live that evening with my two booster boxes, and I fucking 
I killed it. Um, nice. And so the the thing that could come from Disney is if there is like a lot of hype around it still, and then they keep the print run relatively low for the first edition, mm-hmm. then we could see like serious people call it scalping, but really it's just market demand not being met by supply. Yeah. Um, but if, if they have, they have the money to print a million booster boxes. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, I don't know what allocations are looking like. My order is due by six thirty one with my distributor. Um, and then I'll know like a month or two later, um, what I'm actually getting from my order. Um, and then that'll give me a gauge for like, okay, how, how tight is it going to be across the, the country or whatever but yeah um, i was trying to find this really base tweet i found the other day from this dude uh hoogland that i follow for marvel snap content and he was talking about card game prices yeah he was talking about like average deck and it was like the way he calculated it was like uh like lowest rarity of each possible card average median of all meta deck like cost and like yeah. one other thing uh and like i think it was uh Battle Saga is like the number one most expensive card game where decks cost like twenty five hundred to assemble and like very shortly after like the best note was Pokemon was the cheapest because they know their market yeah. and they actually know that it's like the best thing to make cards accessible and not completely ridiculously inflated. Well, yeah, and most of the market isn't really by gameplay anymore; it's by collectors. Right. So, so what they're what they're capitalizing on, which they're really not doing, but what they're what they're driving uh, desire to is the mm-hmm. is the shiny cool looking cards yeah. which even with something like crown zenith which i don't know if you do pokemon cards a lot but i'm aware that had it had a lot of like extra cards yeah and so what it did was it diluted like the top down whereas with uh two sets ago silver tempest or maybe yeah. that was the set before crown zenith um your your chase card is like 350 bucks or 250 dollars in crown zenith your chase is a hundred dollars but then you have like 30 cards that are all 20 or 30 dollars a piece but then like with with silver tempest it's like 300 and then like 10 like yeah. every everything else is completely washed out we've seen so things like, like that a, in Yu-Gi-Oh too over time you've got more balance just... with like there's like 15 cards that a lot of people want that are relatively difficult to pull right so it's not like one that everyone is going after and sure you don't get like the you know 500x on your your one pack bot or whatever but you know you get a better return as a as a as a buyer a gambler who's ripping their packs. Speaking of which. Yes. You start cracking that. I want to get into our last little segment here. I got for us. Okay. This is something I wanted to touch earlier. I never touched on it. Actually. Um, this is that thing that is tied together. So this is a new segment. I'd like to start and I like to call it uh blizzard. Good blizzard. Bad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so uh, blizzard uh, Activision blizzard. One of the uh, premier gaming uh, uh, developers True. these days. Never, right? se- never released a bad game ever in their entire history. <laughs> I mean, well, about Overwatch that. Two co-op going uh, on. Yeah, that's, that's let's let's talk about that. that's the Blizzard bad of this week. So, uh, oh, and, and a developer update. Uh, 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 head game developer uh, Aaron, whatever the fuck his face is, it's not Jeff Kaplan. Uh, R.I.P. Announces that essentially all these new exciting things, uh, but also announces that they are scrapping the PVE as they had planned to do it and as they had promised for the last three and a half years, uh, asking the question ultimately of why the fuck did they make a new game? This is not even a new game. It's it's like Overwatch 0.9 because you removed the ability to have a second tank. You made the game smaller, and now you're just going to give us the same shit you always gave us, which is like seasonal events and rotating story modes, which is what they already did. They already did this shit. 
There's just ooh, yeah. shiny dark magician girl. Got four packs in the box. Nice, nice. Yeah, Very I need cool. to figure out my lighting sitch to um nah, nah, to display these properly. That's good. Uh, so essentially, they have done three and a half years worth of overhaul in this game for nothing, and there's nothing good that's coming out of it. And I actually, this is me declaring openly. I am dead. Ooh, ghost trick. Okay, very cool. Very pog. Very champ. Okay, another ghost trick sprite. Gross. You hate that card. In the garbage. Uh, I can't go. remember if it's the last card or the second to last. I don't remember the pack trick for this one. Uh, this is care. Time Thief. Oh, yeah. Temper time. Wall. Yeah, don't care, man. Dumb. Ooh, Dragon. What Dragon? Uh, Cypher Twin. Cypher Twin Raptor. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. Ooh, and this that's is... a good card. Cyber Dragon Fortress. Chimera Tech Mega Fleet Dragon. Is oh, what that's what Mega Fleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega Fleet. That's a good card. Okay. You fuse okay. a bunch of your light machines together and you get this big fucking Mega Fleet Dragon and it goes. Ah! Now, I have a I have a box of things. Okay. A box so of then things. what is Blizzard good? Blizzard um, good. Okay, so and... Diablo 4 is like two weeks away from release. Uh, and during the server slam this past weekend, the head developer of the game tweeted out that he recognizes that necromancer has the skeletons were nerfed from one uh beta to the other because the first beta holy shit necro was so fucking busted uh so they nerfed the skeletons and then he's like hey this feels bad we're gonna fix it give us like uh, a little bit of time to get it server wide and within six hours the patch had been pushed and holy the shit. skeletons were that's what i'm saying dude so I have deep faith that Diablo 4 will be handled in a better manner than Diablo 3 was, where it's like you basically get the seasonal update, and that's like about all they ever do to the game, and they never buff or nerf anything in between. Um, it sounds like this is actually going to be relatively live service, which is, like, really, really promising. Um, Haven't they, like, had to really consolidate a lot of their shit because they've had a lot of turbulence in their, their company? Isn't that... Upside down? How it's, isn't that how it's worked? Um, I mean, some would say, but also, yeah, Vampire, whatever. That's that, Vampire Kingdom. It's a good card. It's not a right card. Uh, I don't remember that one. Leger, God of Archery. Uh, lame. Fossil Machine. Oh, uh, yeah, Fossil Machines. All right, man. Can you, you're not getting high quality on this, are you? I mean, quality enough. Here's the thing. What if I she... know the card, it's probably like seven years old. <laughs> the Agent of Miracles. That's Jupiter. a decent card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that card's like hella old, actually. What's Another Cypher Twin Raptor. Boo! Hey, maybe we'll get a play set of Cypher Twin Raptors. That's three. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Here we go. Uh, but essentially, Blizzard is giving me a little bit of hope. A little, a little sprinkle margin of hope. Uh, a little that, pickle tickle. Yeah, I think, saying. well, I mean, also the other thing, too, is like, wow is like actually a good game still, so... Okay, faith. so this is Tenny Spirit Ashuna. It it looks a little ghosty, but I don't think it is. No, it's not a ghost. Ghost rares will be literally gray and white. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember that one. That's a it's nine pillars. Nine isn't pillars it? of, of Yang Zing. Zing. Yeah, that's what it is. Counter trap. Fuck that card. DDD. Ah, Destiny. That's a cool card. It's very cool. DDD stands for Different Dimension Demon. Destiny King Zero Laplace. Yes. Yes. Inxator Raptor. Insector. Insector Hornet is what it is, actually. Code Exporter. Ew, gross. That's from the most second most recent generation of cards. That's a Cyverse card, and we don't like those ones. One more. I don't Let's there's hope. I feel Let's like hope for a baseball. I feel like there's one hit always 
in a in a box, and I can't remember what the indication is. I'm so out of touch with Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't have a brick and mortar, so I could never sell it. Um, and uh, the margin yeah, that's, that guy's that guy's hella cool. That's Sandwich. You should see that card. That card's base. I'll hang on to him. Uh, rookie Warrior Lady. That's a reference to DD Warrior Lady, but before she was DD Warrior Lady. Mystical Sand. Okay, that why is that even being reprinted? That the, look at the description in the box. It's just two Giant monster soldier names, of right? stone, ancient elf. Yeah, so that is a old old card where fusion was bad back in the day, and it was debatably worse to take your two components and fuse it into that thing. The chorus in the sky. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine, fine card. Last card. Last card. Last card. Uh, no, not based. Primal dragon, the primordial. You got like well, there goes two cards I know in there. That's, 15, that's... 15 bucks. We'll come back with a recap next week for mm. our profit and loss. It's nothing. <laughs> it's zero. I've, I've, I've lost, I've lost 12. There might, I actually, I, I could look up a few things and find out for you that for that, uh, that what the one dragon one that you pulled the, uh, the four, the fleet dragon, the mega fleet mm-hmm. dragon, that card mm-hmm. actually might be worth a good bit. Like a couple bucks, right? Yeah. It's like ten cents for Yu-Gi-Oh. That's cards, pretty good for Yu-Gi-Oh. Though. Yeah, like the most yeah, I ever I've... sold a single card for was for like sixty bucks, and it was priced at seventy-five. So, hey, it's what someone's willing to pay, right? Phantom Knights of Breaksword, well, baby, great card. But yeah, uh, Blizzard, good, Blizzard, bad. Uh, Diablo Four probably going to be hype. Uh, Overwatch is a dead game, even to me, and I loved Overwatch. Like I played it recently with a friend. And on stream, and it was a fun time to stream it with him and like do that whole thing. But I was mm-hmm. bored in 30 minutes because this shit's so fucking irritating. Not to mention the new character they put in, Life Weaver, has a fucking grip. It's called Life Grip. So if like he thinks you're in danger, he can rip you back. Bro, they can you control your your teammates. You can yeah, just you can... fucking throw them into the fire. You can pull them out of combat when they'd be like, you know, like I'm the tank usually. I'm fucking up in the front line and I'm not even dying. And this guy was mad at me. Because I was saying, so I said he's kept, dog shit, so he kept pulling me back, and then he let our other teammates die because of it. And I'm like, fuck you, man. He did save my life a couple times later in the game, but I was like, I don't really care. Don't do that to me. Don't don't be that guy. The toxicity of online non-VR or non-voice chat. Yeah, looking at you, League of Legends. Played a game with my buddy last night and on stream. I haven't fucking streamed League in forever. And I mm-hmm. start playing lane, and I play top, and I'm literally winning lane, absolutely shit-rolling. And then our jungler... Starts spam pinging my friend who's playing mid. He does not want to come help him. And uh, our jungler starts flaming him. And then my friend's just like, fine, fuck this AFK. And I was like, this is my friend, too. So this 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 just made me sad. Because I was like, bro, come on. I can carry this game. We can come win this. On, and he's bro, just like, nah, dude, fuck this game. And he AFKs. And I'm just like, honestly, I know how you feel, though. Uh, we all mass reported the jungler afterward, which was really funny. <laughs> Based. Yeah, dude, there's three of us and one of him. There's no way we don't just fucking report that, dude. True. Yeah, dude, that's that's the technique. But uh, yeah, and then new Marvel Snap Patch recently was fucking crazy. Uh, I don't even know what the meta is anymore. I hate it. I don't mm-hmm. even know what to do. <laughs> it makes gotta, me feel we gotta, bad. We gotta watch YouTube videos, dude. You gotta see what all the all the pros are talking about. But that's the thing. Like, if it's the day one or like afternoon of the patch, and all those guys are like also live or making content to try to figure it out, and they really don't know. Because there's yeah. not enough aggregated data to be able to prove that even. 
Yeah, it true. usually takes like it takes like two days to be able to aggregate enough data to see like what a meta is going to look like for the remainder of the week. Because now they've started the cycle where they do once a month big patches, which this was the big patch this month, and then every week they do an over the air balance patch where they are just changing numbers. So mm-hmm. in their monthly one, they'll change card text and they'll change the way certain cards work or rework them entirely. Uh, and they'll drop certain ratings of ones from different series to decrease the value of money you have to get to spend them. Uh, and then the over the airs are purely just number manipulations where it's like small bur- uh, buffs and nerfs. So one of the one of the best, best dev games out there, it sounds like. So it, I would give Second Dinner a pretty good little pat on the back. They're doing a good job with actually trying to make their game interesting and live servicing it. And they're yeah. actually keeping their card game like non stagnant, except mm-hmm. for the part where they didn't fucking touch Galactus, which that dude literally so you play for three lanes right but what galactus does is that if you don't have any cards in that location that you played him in he destroys the other two locations so you're now just playing for one location yeah i i have transitioned to becoming a filthy galactus player at this point because there's just not a point in playing anything other else than that like if you can if you can outplay the other people who are doing some things uh by playing at the right time yeah, you just kind of shit take the, the easy away. take the easy LP, you know. It or, it, it really uh, is SP SP LP Elo whatever you want to fucking call it, but yeah, that's that's the idea, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. So I have a I have a little, last little thing for us to end on, if you'd like to. Of course, me. yeah. I have an update in AI. Oh my god! I have finally Leave is going to talk to me. I have finally found the most convincing AI cover I have ever heard. Okay. And I think we should listen to it as a podcast. Okay. Put it, let's put it on. Now. We can take we can let it take us out. I will gladly. Hang on, queuing it up now. Cuz there is a cover of Drake and Cardi uh Playboy Cardi singing the uh hit tune Cupid uh by no, some no, K-pop no, no. group that This I is remember. this is actually it is the hit song Cupid, but it is The Weeknd's AI cover. No way. Yeah, dude, I posted this in the ideas channel, but holy shit, this one actually is the most convincing one I've heard so far. So we're going to listen to it on our way out, everybody. I wonder why this is being covered so much. I'm, I'm uh, TikTok. TikTok. It's all over TikTok. It sounds just like... So are, you, are you playing this right now? I'm not watching this right now. Oh, dog, you're missing it. Unbelievable. What's unbelievable is how much it actually sounds like the weekend. I know. Like, typically, I know I just give you a lot of shit about the AI and stuff, but oh, wow, dude. This is, this is another level of technique. And with that, we're going to finish this next song by ourselves and uh, say goodbye to you guys on the podcast. See you guys later. Bye. See you later. Later, dude.